Hi, and welcome to the Creating, Living, and Making podcast. I'm your host, Adam Mackey, and as always, I'm joined by Molly Kerr and the Grant Alexander. Hello. I just realized that I always say the Grant Alexander, but not just, anyway. (laughs) Um, So, boys, it's been, what, a week and a bit since our last episode? Yeah, at least. Well, since we recorded our last episode, Mm -hmm. only a week for the people. Um. I guess I'm going to go first with what's in my clamps. I kind of took a bit of a week off, um, just been busy with work. They put me on day shift. I haven't really had time to do anything, but today or tomorrow I plan on cleaning my shop and then I'm going to be filming my shop tour for Sumo. Well, for Sumo's thing that he started to Australian shop tours. Um, And then I have been thinking lately, I've been so for a little bit now, I've really been trying to focus on nutrition and getting my health back in order. Um, Pre-COVID, I was doing pretty good, got down to a good weight. I put a bit of weight back on over COVID um, while the gyms were shut down and stuff, and that has really gotten to me. But I'm thinking of actually going and studying nutrition itself because I've been doing so much research. I've been trying to make my suggestions on YouTube just all fitness and nutrition related. So I've been watching so many videos on all that sort of stuff. But everything's so contradictive that mm-hmm. I just want to figure if I go study it and become a new – like get the qualification myself, I'm going to have a lot more of an understanding of how it works as opposed to just hearing other people's views. Yeah, maybe. So, or you'll find out. So I'm that- thinking about doing that. Oh, I mean, you could also talk to a nutritionist. Yeah, but I don't want to spend the money. <laughs> Isn't studying it though to get the qualification? You'd also have to spend money. Yeah, but if I study it, I think I'd have a lot. I I learn from from studying, from doing. Like someone telling me something, I'm not going to learn. I need to actually do it and like live it myself. If that makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I think it's a really good thing to learn more stuff. So I'm not going to go tell you not to do it, but I might tell you that you might find that this type of there's a lot of science that is uh, still contradictory, mm-hmm. right? Like that's oh, all. 100%. So you may not be like you, you might leave it going, and I know exactly the same amount, right? <laughs> so yeah, my my sister is like a personal trainer and nutritionist. Um, and she talks about this a lot because there is so much contradictory information out there that her approach is mm-hmm. like kind of focusing on the bigger picture in general. For example, like you don't need to worry about cutting out a very specific food if you're getting zero exercise. So, so first, maybe like try to have a more active lifestyle and don't nitpick these very small, like trendy fad diets. So that's kind of, her strategy is kind of to parse out the noise and focus on the larger changes. I don't know if nutrition is going to be like this, the thing that I mainly study, but it's going to like be involved because it's more of like the looking into like daily intake and all that sort of stuff. So I worked it out the other day. I was looking at trying to eat 2,500 calories per day. I then worked out and I burnt easily 2,200 calories for the day. Wow. Cause I did like four hours of training. So that, Looking at that, I'm already and my daily intake for uh, maintenance is 3,900. So if I only ate 2,500 for the day, like 3,900 less calories than what I need for the day, because like they sort of cancel each other out, the 2,500 and the working out, is like way too less. I will actually cause harm to my body by doing that. So I want to look into like how I get into that. Maybe nutrition is not the answer, although it's probably part of it. It's like the whole thing in general. Cool. So, yeah. Sounds like fun. Hmm. Uh, Great. You can go next. All right. So my week has also been kind of, uh, I haven't been out in the shop much. I did. uh, I was doing some sharpening of chisels today, but that's about it. Um, And plain irons. I got, I got a new uh, honing gauge and it's, like change it's game changing on how much sharper I can get. Stuff. <laughs> Did you, like, can you shave your arm? I didn't, you know, what's funny. I didn't even try, but I betcha I can because I could take end grain shavings now. Ooh. And I went, Oh Ooh. my God. End grain. Like I could never even get close to that before. Um, nice. So I'm guessing uh, I can I remember the arm. first time I sharpened my chisels and it was life changing. 
So the first time I sharpened my chisels, it was life changing. Having a honing cage mm. took it to a whole nother right. level. Does it make you want to do like more traditional, like Japanese style woodworking, just having them this sharp? Is it like sparking ideas in your head now for things you can do with them? It's completely like it. It's something that it's like you don't even need to be Japanese joinery to want to have sharp chisels. Like taking a, mm. a putting in a door, uh, like a doorknob. Like mm. I did one with my very old and busted chisels, and it was just a pain in the butt. Um, so, but I definitely it definitely want like I actually ordered um, more chisels on uh, on Amazon Prime Day because. I wanted a smaller chisel, but it's one of those things that I think I, it, it'll be very useful in the future. Yeah. To have a nice set of chisels. Um, I also ordered some leather working tools. Someone might have uh, inspired me and they were on sale. So I'm sure all the really horrible leather working tools that came in the $28 kit are, <laughs> aren't going to last that long, but they're going to do better than nothing. You'll be surprised. Um, I have some cheap tools that have lasted a very, very long time. Yeah. I'm like for how much leather work I think I want to get into. I think they're going to be perfect. The big thing is like I went. I want some needles and threads that aren't uh, like I used when I was doing all the patches, like installing all the patches. I was using uh, in, uh, tapestry needles, mm. and they were not sharp at all. So like if you got like in the wrong spot, it was like impossible to poke through, um, and they were just it was just very like difficult to work with versus. You know, I could see other real leather working needles being yeah. nicer so, and having so the right thread. Little uh, insider tip is I actually find myself wanting myself wanting duller needles than what I have. Um, because when I'm saddle stitching, um, sometimes I accidentally pierce the thread and then I have to go back through the hole um, oh. because it gets stuck before I can pull it all the way through. So uh, I think it's called harness needles are typically very dull uh, and what you'll use for stitching through the big thick pieces of leather. If you're like, if you're pre-punching the holes, the, the needle doesn't really need to be very sharp. Except right. in the back stitch. You pre-punch the holes. Yeah. Except in the back stitch where you're kind of locking the, the stitch line in and then piercing the thread can actually add strength because it's, you're essentially weaving the thread back into itself and it's not, mm. it's not coming out of there. The, I was there are pre-punched holes in the patch in the leather, but they weren't pre-punched holes on the things I'm attaching the leather to. Yeah, yeah. So it's a, it's a balance. Right. Yeah, <laughs> right. So like in the little like frame that I made you, uh, that's like a plaid shirt and it went through the need like no problem. But onto my uh, my backpack, it was a little bit more of a challenge. It was one of those times I really wished I had a thimble. And yeah. the one from Monopoly didn't fit my finger. <laughs> uh, every um, time I have a really bad, really tough <laughs> stitching job i'm like i really need to get a thimble and then i never get one and i totally forget about it this kit came with one so boom i'm i'm set uh i'll lose it i'm sure i'm curious to know how many people played monopoly growing up that had no idea what a thimble thimble was actually used for i don't know like i'm because i know i did until i was older really my grandmother had them and like did a lot of sewing so same it was one of those things that I, I would have known from her when anyways. Uh, the other thing I've been up to, to, to get off the topic of thimbles, because that's a riveting conversation is, uh, I was, uh, I recorded, I was a guest on two podcasts this week. Um, the first, I was a guest on figuring it out with, uh, Jacob and Steve. And that was a really fun podcast. We actually talked about podcasts. So it was a bit meta, but uh, we talked a little bit about <laughs> all the research I've been doing on growing podcasts. And, uh, and we talked about some stuff like, you know, marketing and how their titles and, uh, and like idea is way easier to market versus ours, which is way more fun. So <laughs> I went, I'm going for fun. That's the goal is fun here. That's why we have clamp on every single title or squeeze or something like that. It makes it so that it's not searchable at all, but it's fun. Mm -hmm. uh, and then the second uh, podcast I was on was uh, Justin's The Garage Avenger has uh, Make Ideas Reality. Um, and that was a really like great conversation I had with him um, about 
basically, you know, when to say no or saying no kind of and build versus make or buy versus make, sorry, build versus make buy versus make. And it was a great conversation to have with him because uh, he has a very different approach in that aspect. That's cool. I'm excited to listen to that. Speaking of the, um, the garage Avenger, when he was before he was on, um, because we make that was the last thing I had was I could be the first Aussie <laughs> on their show, and then he came on. Although I don't know if you can call. I mean, he was born here, but I mean, no, he lived there for a long he's time. From Norway, like he only recently moved to to Norway. You can be the first. He doesn't live here anymore. You can, so I can be the first one that lives in Australia. Right, the first one where they record it from Australia with all the janky internet that that is possible. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Which he, you just froze, and I'm not joking. For sure. <laughs> uh, while we, while Adam figures out whether or not his uh, <laughs> his his internet is working, um, the other thing is I got a new computer. So in the last episode, we were talking about how I was editing a video, the uh, the camping video, and we put that out. But in the the, the day after we recorded the podcast, I went out and bought a new computer. It's an Asus Tough something. I don't know. Anyways, it's got lots of things that end in gigabytes and lots megahertz. Of specs. And lots of different specs. Uh, and not as many specs as I really need, but way more than I used to have. Uh, and wow, it is amazing. I can actually watch the video while doing the edit, which before I had to render every single time I wanted to watch the video. So it's been amazing, and uh, I don't, I, I didn't realize it could be that much better. So it's, awesome! It's I think going to be a game changer. Yeah, my my new laptop, same thing. It was such a big difference. Although I use um, DaVinci Resolve, which if you don't pay for it, they when you render, it's um, slower than what it should be. Mm. Sort of like gives you gives like trying to get you to pay for it but like i'm not gonna pay for it even with that though it's like a hundred times faster yeah than my old laptop uh, same with me like it went from like i used to press the button and walk away because i could yeah. not do anything with my computer and mm. now mm. i press the button it still takes a little bit of time but i can still do things on my computer which is the the amazing part i can still open up like yeah. a browser and go to a website and my computer doesn't say hmm sorry i'm that'll <laughs> that'll be a, that'll be 5 minutes before chrome opens which by the way i've switched to firefox uh, cuz screw chrome it just kept crashing good nice mm. security i finally worked out how to um get say so i optimize all my media when i edit that way when i'm editing it's a lot smoother and stuff especially when you add titles and all that sort of stuff it seems to have a bit of a buffer and i finally worked out how to do it onto a hard drive instead of onto the computer because 100 gigabytes of footage optimized on the computer ended up being like 300 gigabytes <laughs> so with that plus the optimized it was like 400 gig and i only have 512 is my yeah um std in the actual computer i'm like as I have no room to um, Reddit uh, to edit uh, render. That's the word render because when every time I render a video, a ten minute video for me to render is over a hundred gig because I'm in four K. <laughs> wow, it's insane. Yeah. But yeah. What about you, Molly? What have you been doing this week? Well, this week. I finished up that custom notebook cover um, I've been working on. I was really happy with it and I had like so much fun making the video. And I think a big part of that was this little desktop or this little mini tripod that I got actually for me and Grant's camping trip. Um, And it is so nice for getting leather crafting Mm. angles. Um, I've kind of... I just abandoned overhead shots altogether for this video and it's a lot more from the side or down low or, or kind of over my shoulder sort of shots. Um, yeah. And I could tell as I was filming, I was like, Ooh, this is going to be a nice video. Um, so I was like kind of going all out on the edit the last few days. Um, that was most of my day today was finishing up the edit and, um, that will get posted on Saturday. So by the time this episode comes out, it will, it will be live. Um, the, 
interesting thing is I find Instagram videos from like a single point of up, up top shots seem to do better mm-hmm. than than YouTube videos of of the same. Like Instagram, mm-hmm. you seem to be able to like make a, a viralish video uh, from a shot that wouldn't work at all in in YouTube. I find it very like interesting to me. Like people just opening up silicone molds or putting finish on do awesome on uh, Instagram. And every single time I do analytics review of my YouTube, when I start putting finish on, people jump ahead. And I go, but that's the part that blows up on Instagram. I'm so confused. Because <laughs> people love the beauty. What, um, do you have many different lenses for your camera? No, I only use the uh, stock lens that came with it, which is 15 um, or 18, 34, 54 or something. I don't know off the top of my head. It is the stock lens that comes yeah. with the G85, but it's it's pretty perfect for working like within a workshop. I can get really nice yeah. macro shots. Um, yeah, I'm not a huge photography buff. I'm incredibly knowledgeable, but it, it, it suits my needs very nicely. Yeah. Well, I've only got two. I've got like the one that came with it, and then the I've got a wide angle as well, just so I can get yeah. more of the shot. But I was just curious, like with those down low shots, if you zoom in like really close on the leather work, it would be such a nice shot to like actually see the leather peeling away and stuff. Oh yeah, we got those. Yeah, <laughs> you'll see. Yeah, um, yeah. So, like, kind of knowing as I was making it, that I was like, oh, this is going to be a really good video. I spent like a lot of time obsessing over the thumbnail on this. And it was funny, like the day I was taking all the pictures for the thumbnail, I woke up at like 3 a.m. that day. I just like couldn't sleep. A a lot of things were going through my head and I just kind of woke up at three and just started working. So I was like sleep deprived, doing all these shots and going back and forth from my workbench to the computer. And I got something that I was pretty happy with, but I don't know if you guys do this. I, each morning that I started editing, I would open up the thumbnail to kind of see it with fresh eyes and be like, hmm, what do I think of this? And every time I looked at it, I was like, this is pretty good, but I don't think it is good enough for how good this video is. So Hmm. finally this morning, um, like me and Eden looked through the pictures and we found one that I was like, and I kind of explained to her like why I didn't love the one before, which, which previously looked kind of like the best of the set. Um, And we decided on one that I was really happy with. So now I'm like, I had this nice like peace of mind that I feel like I made this, I'm making this good video and I have a thumbnail that is, will get as many people to see it as I can hope for. Like, you know, like with no one's, the thing with YouTube is like, you can make this great video, but if no one clicks on it, then no one will see it. But now I feel like I've, I've done it justice and I can put it out and be satisfied with that. I can say that I don't do that and open it the next day because I usually do a thumbnail like five minutes before the video goes live. Um, so what you see is what you get. Yeah. I spend a lot of time <laughs> on thumbnails and every video is more and more time. So <laughs> I, I spend a lot of time. Like I do sometimes it's the five minutes before, but that's often I, I say to myself, I'll do the five minutes before. And then three hours later, I'm finally pressing the publish button. But, uh, the the thumbnail, I actually, what I do is I make a whole bunch of them and I keep changing them until I find the one that I'm happy with. But I'll release mm-hmm. a video with something that's a little bit different um, or maybe it's the best one that I think is the best at the time. And then the next day, I'll try and change it to a different, completely different. Because what I've found is that someone may not click on the one with that I thought was the best, but they might click yeah. on a different one that shows the project in a less artistic light and more, you know, like straight on kind of thing. So I find like I change my thumbnail like three or four times during the first week. Uh, unless I see one really doing well, then I don't touch it. Right. Or if I'm mm-hmm. unlucky in that I didn't have any good shots of a, like a project that I gave to someone, I only had a few shots of if I didn't get one that I liked, oops, <laughs> you yeah, know, that makes that sense. happens. I have noticed a lot of like bigger YouTubers and that will actually change their thumbnail. Like the amount of videos I've watched and then I come back and I'm like, Oh, new video. No way. It's the same one that changed the thumbnail. They do it all the time. Yep. So there must be something in that. The psychology of it is, is that your YouTube has pushed your video to all the people. And if they didn't click on it that time, YouTube's going to try and push it to them again the next day. 
So if you change yeah. the, the thumbnail within the first 24 hours, when they go and log on again and they see it, they might be more in tight. They may not, they might've saw the first thumbnail and go, I'm not interested in that. Saw the second thumbnail and gone, I am interested in that. Now I understand what it is. Click. Right. So that's the, and then the secondary yeah, sure. thing is sometimes it gets people to click twice. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I'm just, I mean, just not to dive down this rabbit hole, but I'm so like on to the next one philosophy with like, as I'm finishing a video, I'm like starting the next one that I, I have changed them a couple of times, but most of the time it's like, what you see is what you're going to get. I'll change the title, but the thumbnail is not really going to switch very much. Interesting. I literally um, went through once the video my is entire, up, that's it for me. I'm on to the next one. I went through my entire catalog and changed all of the thumbnails at one point. Every single one got mm-hmm. new text on the screen and new, like yeah. it just, I went, I don't like the aesthetic of my channel. I went through and changed them all. Damn, damn son. Yeah. Anyways, um, other than that this week, um, I was back working for the scenery shop. Um, so it must have been about six episodes now. Um, I talked about going to, uh, we were building the set for Top Chef. So uh, we had built the set previously for Top Chef Canada. And then every season they filmed, we would put it up and take it down, do all the touch-ups and everything. So they filmed the season uh, in, I don't know, six, seven weeks, and we took it down. So it was just like a couple days of uh, pretty manual labor, just kind of tearing stuff down, um, loading it into trucks, a lot of Tetris and that sort of thing. If I sound like kind of melancholy right now, it's because I am. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm kind of at an interesting point right now where the, the interesting thing is like for the shop that I've worked for so far, I haven't, even by their standards, I haven't worked on very interesting projects. Um, they've all been like a lot of flats and um, like they, they do like crazy stuff, like build the entrance way for Big Brother or Dragon's Den, all the CNC sort of stuff, like very interesting stuff. But the, the projects I've worked on so far just haven't been that. But at the same time, I'm also like the last couple things I've worked on have been largely installs. And there's a good amount of like carpentry learning through that and everything else. But I'm starting to think like, eh, I don't really know if this is like how I want to be spending my time. Like there's the, there's the money making and everything else. Like it's, it's good money. It's, it's good skill building and it's good work. Um, but I'm, I don't know. I was watching the Adam Savage building the Hellboy Samaritan prop. And I was just thinking, and this is kind of like all, everything was happening once. And I was just thinking, oh my God, the prop building stuff, the special effects, all of that side is like so much more interesting and artistic and creative to me than what I'm currently doing. Um, sorry. You guys both raised your hands at once. Grant, go ahead. <laughs> Didn't uh, really uh, yeah. This, this, I'll cut that. Out. Yeah. Okay. Uh, the, the, that's a very interesting point. And I wonder if being in the scenery build it like thing will one day open connections to prop building. Well, here's the thing. And this is why I I feel like I can be a little pickier now. It's because back in January, February, I was talking to a prop shop and they wanted to hire me, but they didn't have a project to put me on then. And then COVID hit. So I felt like really cocky, like, oh, I'm just kind of ready to start working for them and try that out once they have an opening for me. And the, the owner of the scenery shop was very open to that. But it's just since COVID has hit, it's kind of turned the film industry on its head. Um, and then they've pushed their opening date back and back and back. Um, I totally agree. I think there's, I'm definitely of the mindset of like, I have a lot to learn at this shop. Um, and the people I'm working with are great. Um, but the fact of the matter is I only have one life. I only have so much time and there's a lot of a thousand jobs. Yeah. There's a lot of really interesting things being done in the film industry. Like you go onto a set and there is, the cinematographers, there is the craft services, there's the electricians, there's the riggers. Like there's all, it's this big team sport. And I'm like on the set and thinking like, oh, the set builders to me is not the most interesting of the group. It's one of the more boring. Um, 
Well, yeah, and like you- the- so two questions. What's the difference between a scenery builder and a prop builder? Is it like literally just you're building the scene or you're building like a gun that someone's holding or? So the scenery builder, for example, um, they are building largely rooms on a soundstage. So walls and right. windows, tables, it's large carpentry for the most part. Um, there might be a lot of plexiglass and screens if it's for like a newscast or something, or it might literally be like a house if in the term, in the case of uh, big brother, which the shop has built the set for. Um, and then a prop builder would build individual props. Um, some of them also do special effects. So they might create smoke effects, pyrotechnics, fake wind and snow and rain. Actually, it's kind of funny. A couple of days ago I was biking and they were doing a film shoot around the corner from me. Um, with a bunch of fake snow, and I was I, I was wondering if it was the boys the next season, but I couldn't tell. It was a it was a huge production though. They had so many trucks and trailers and things going on. Um, yeah, so the props is a lot more machining, three D printing, um, lo- like painting. There's a lot of painting and scenery as well, but it's scenic painting, which is a much larger scale. Um, so I feel like prop building would be more of just being in a shop. Yes. And scenery, you would actually have to be on well, set. Okay, I can't say yes because I don't really know for sure. We, I was doing a lot of work in the shop and then the work that I was getting was more installs. And the work in the shop, yeah. I lo- like. I don't love. I like it a lot more than the the installs. It's way more interesting. There's a, there's a good amount of like hurry up and waiting in the install. It, it's just way more fun to work in a shop. Um, so in like the scenery shop, do you have like carpenters and then people that work with plexiglass like is there people that work with different materials or is everyone work together like is everyone do everything um so there there's basically in in this shop that i've been in i can't speak to the industry as a whole but there's kind of like a a split so there's carpenters and the carpenters work with everything mm-hmm. they work with plywood mdf plexiglass and then there's the scenic, yeah we do then there's the scenic painters who might paint plywood to look like uh, concrete but then the hmm. the painters may also do some carpentry to help out because like it's a small shop there's like five six people working in there at any given time um so a lot of people have to be like a jack of all trades like i was doing some painting back in february as well you just you work to the job um yeah yeah but it's really interesting like so you- that is one thing that is really interesting in the shop is like all the different materials they use for different purposes and and optimizing that hmm. Um, yeah, which is great for what we're going to talk about today because um, this week's topic is actually we're talking about how we choose what materials we want to use and um, like not just necessarily like wood versus metal, but like what different woods we use, different um, species of wood, different metals, like and all that sort of stuff. So I personally prefer wood. Um mainly because that's what I grew up using at school. That's what all my tools um, I've bought for. I find it a lot easier to, to do. I don't have to be hot and sweaty and like, well, I mean, you are with wood still, but like don't have to like weld with fire and all that sort of stuff. I just find it a lot easier. I don't have to have a specialty tool to cut a piece of metal, which then like using a grinder, the blade just disappears on you. <laughs> and, you know, I think I think also it's I found it's a lot cheaper to work with wood than metal. Mm. Um, in saying that, I'm not opposed to working with metal. I just prefer wood. Right. Yeah. To quote the hero from um, "Gone in sixty seconds," wood is warm and lovely. Metal is cold and heartless. The hero. But metal. Ha- I don't know. But metal has- That's probably not what he said, but <laughs> something like that. <laughs> but metal has a great strength to weight ratio, which is one of the reasons that yes. I love working with metal and would like to do it more because you can just build inherently oh, yeah. more elegant shapes. Not everything has to be as bulky. Uh, even just look at like table legs, half the thing, half the types of table legs that are made out of metal, you could never make out of wood. Yeah. Well, so it's not strength to weight, but it's strength to bulkiness because- right. mm. They actually, for the same amount of spice, they take, they weigh a lot more unless it's titanium or. or You're right. I guess it would be strength to volume. That would be the correct metric. Yeah. Yeah. So I think like, 
I'm with you, Adam, that most of my stuff is wood, but that's because wood is very forgiving, I find. Mm-hmm. Uh, and only because I've learned how to work with it, but I can know like I can fix if I screw the wrong spot or whatever, drill a hole in the wrong spot, I know how to fix that. You know, if I if I break a, a board in half, well, I know how to fix it. Uh, you know, I also know that like with welding, you can fix things that didn't even exist. You can build out of, hmm. you know, you can literally fix a corner that's missing with just weld a, a whole bunch on it. Uh, cause you're just adding extra metal depending on the type of welding you're doing, whatever. But, uh, it's just more what I know. It's like they say with wood, you can cut more off, but you can't cut more on. But with metal, you can weld more on. Yeah. Right. But even once you become a good woodworker, you realize you can put more on, especially depending yeah. on the type of uh, the type of, of of woodworking you're doing. If you're going to paint it, you can put you can just keep slapping together things, you know. Or if mm. you're really good at woodworking, you can join up wood boards so that you can't even see that they were joined together. So you can put wood back on. I hate that saying. That's only why yeah. I went on a little bit of a rant there. <laughs> That's my G rant of the episode. Um, <laughs> Because I just basically look at it and go, if you know what you're doing, you could do anything. Hmm. Yeah. So it's it's funny. Hmm. I think of any of the materials I work with or want to work with, wood is probably the least interesting and attractive to me. Because I see other materials and I'm like, those materials you can do so much more interesting purpose-made things for. Like I see something you could do with wood. It's like, oh, you can do it in a cooler way with metal. Um, or like to a different effect. Um, sorry, I just like talked ahead of my brain real quick. <laughs> I think a lot of it too is um, like what we what we know, like our, like our knowledge. So like I think because I grew up making with wood, of course that's the material I'm going to choose. If I grew up with someone with me that's a welder and taught me how to weld and stuff, then I'm probably going to be into metalwork. Yeah. I mean, I would say I work with wood out of necessity, but I would like to grow into a maker that is very proficient in metal um, in plastics and other materials as well. Um, I think wood is a fantastic accessible material. Uh, it's a very beautiful material, um, but there's other materials to me that are think- a lot more interesting that I really want to gain proficiency with. I really like how you said it's accessible because I think that's the big thing about wood is you can literally go to the store, like to any Home Depot, right? Or any big box store and buy wood. Mm -hmm. Whereas stuff like even leather, uh, I don't even know where to get leather. Like maybe Lee Valley sells it because they sell leather working tools, but they'll sell it like 10 times more expensive than it needs to be. So now I got to go find like a local leather supply place, which I'm sure there's one. Like I'm sure there's like a Tandy leather or something. But it's like I'm going to a specialty store instead of going to the big box store. Maybe Michael's has it too. I don't know. So it's funny. Like on that, Ethan Carter put out his um, his self-watering planter video. Uh, last week which like blew up on reddit did yeah. gangbusters got like a ton of views but with that he got a lot of like really mean ridiculous comments mm. and one of them i think said some i was scrolling through his reddit comments just like trying to be on yep. his side being like oh all these people are so ridiculous um <laughs> and too. one of them was another the feeling like, Ethan. <laughs> one of them was something to the effect of like how is this DIY? You need two specialty tool sets just for this one project. Like no one leather works. How can you call this DIY? And I was thinking like, well, people do leather work. And if you're in certain parts of the world, let's say if you're in Alberta where there's a lot of horse riding and saddle making and things, then leather working is a lot more common. It's just that commenter where you are from, where you are grow up, leatherworking is not as accessible and widespread as the Home Depot. And that's not a problem with Ethan's project. That is a problem with you not being open-minded enough about what it takes to get into something. Because actually like the tool set that Ethan used for that project is incredibly basic um, in terms of leatherworking materials. I think a big problem has to do with people and their definition of DIY. And I hate 
I hate it when people go, that's not DIY. And I go, did you see someone else with me? No. Then I did it <laughs> did myself. I do, did I do it myself? <laughs> right. That it's a DIY project, right? Like you see other people like pulling out these super expensive like track saws and stuff. And then they go, yeah, that is DIY because I can get a track saw at Home Depot. And therefore it's DIY. <laughs> and you're like – it's just like people like have a a, a broken mindset where or they don't – it's not like broken. It's more their expectations and your expectations aren't aligned, right? You know what? You know what the problem is in my mind? The fact that they even care to define what DIY is. Like why does it matter? It, <laughs> it doesn't matter. Like if, if it's a cool video, sure. Like we can define it at a very basic level as do it yourself and agree on that. But any definition beyond that is just pure pedantry and and just being cynical and annoying, which is a lot of what Reddit is. They're the, the annoying parts of Reddit. <laughs> but, and the majority of the comments on that video were very positive. Like even yeah. the Reddit thread was super positive. There's like people like saying mean things. But when your thing blows up on Reddit, you generally get a couple mean things and you tend mm-hmm. to focus on those because – humans are broken and can only think about the negative things yeah (laughs) well i think like so that kind of brings like leather you said like wood is the least thing that you enjoy but you work with leather so much do you not feel like at some point that you might be overdoing the leather because i oh for sure like, like six months ago was the last time you made something out of wood yeah, yeah, yeah. And I wouldn't say like wood is the one I, I enjoy working with the least. Like I do really enjoy um, woodworking um, and leatherworking is not like the best thing in the world for me. I definitely see – I don't see my career as a maker being like I'm going to become a master leather craftsman and that is the goal I'm going towards. It's kind of to me like a tool set that I'm putting into my tool belt. Um, but it's when I see, I mean, I just, I just really would love to develop um, machining and milling skills. I've talked about them in the past, but like, like the things my grandpa can make on his milling machine and on his metal lathe, it's just like, it's so incredible. Just the level of prototyping and making something from nothing and really durable parts that um, look finished and they look great and that's something also that is attractive to me with 3d printing it's yeah even though you're making something in plastic you're making something that is very very precise um maybe you could do it with wood but as we've discussed in the past with my small workshop and lack of large stationary power tools uh (laughs) it's not really as doable as with digital fabrication yeah you know have you you've read the good clean fun and i'm sure you've seen uh a few of the interviews with uh, Nick Offerman, he talks about like if someone wants to get into like making in their house or their apartment, he suggests a, a mini wood lathe. Have you ever thought of that? Oh, really? I have in the past. Yeah, I thought about getting a little lathe. Um, it, it, I have two if you want one. <laughs> the thought of it in my apartment feels super out of place, and I don't really feel like it's something I need right now. Um, but maybe. Maybe once I have a little more space and possibly a garage to work in, which actually might be not too far away. You know, Pat Lapp has a lathe Ooh. in his. That's cool news, by the way. But it's not uh, really news. Uh, it's just a thing that might happen. Yeah. <laughs> well, so Pat Lapp has one in his closet. In his little, oh, nice. Like, I don't know. What? He lives in an apartment or something. But you can go back and see. Like he's just got the one from Mastercraft. It's a oh, Canadian cool. Tire brand in his closet. And yeah, like all cool stuff. Obviously, I'm not someone that is going to let a lack of space dictate <laughs> l- limit me. Like I feel like I've demonstrated that at least. You're not going to have a table saw in your apartment probably. No, but I will make things out of wood in my apartment. Okay, fair. Yeah. I feel like it's a great way to make your apartment very messy. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. <laughs> well, like when I think about different materials the other thing i like to think about is like combining materials i really enjoy that aspect and thinking about like what's the best material here okay but what else uh can i do like 
maybe there's something else that might be an interesting, uh, you know, combination, even if it isn't the best, right? Oftentimes, yeah. you know, everything is, you know, the best for whatever uh, you're doing. But like, I'll often think, can I throw some, you know, trim in here that's a different thing? Or can I use some plexiglass here where otherwise I was going to use wood? Or, you know, will that add any value or will it take it away? Um, or do I even care? Well, it's amazing how much adding another material like really levels up a project and really makes it feel mm. like a professional looking thing. Like for my 3D printer enclosure, for example, using um, two, even just plywood and then dyed two by fours, those are still both wood, but they're very, very different uh, feeling materials. That for one made it, I think, look much cooler than if it was all just wood of the same tone. And then mm -hmm. adding plexiglass sides and doors, I was like, oh my God, this is a real thing. <laughs> I, I agree um, with that is that, <clears throat> say with the tables that I wanted to make to sell, you've got um, heaps on YouTube that are like wood with wooden legs and like, like all fancy. But then you take that same top and add metal legs. It looks so much more like professional. Yeah. Professional. Um, which is crazy because like there's so much more work in the wooden one. Ooh, Grant, that is, what is so that from? Okay. No, describe no to one, the listeners what you are showing us. I can't cause it's, a, I'm a listener is, now. Yeah. Adam has quit out of zoom because his internet is uh, Australian. Um, <laughs> so I was, I just wanted to show Morley this fun thing when we're talking about materials, I thought about it and I went, I did this super secret project with urban Shopworks. Um, and he's up in the Yukon. When I went up there, I uh, stopped by his place and we made uh, some colored pencil. You can actually go on my Instagram and see the colored pencil epoxy combination. And we never ended up finishing that collab because he uh, he had to move houses unexpectedly and he just didn't uh, didn't end up doing finishing it up. But it's a uh, color. It's a thing made out of uh, 100 colored pencils. Cool. and epoxy which is really cool mm -hmm. but thinking about different like materials that's one of the ones where i went hey i actually did something kind of cool no yeah. no one in the world but me gets to see it but <laughs> but another one that i i thought about is like i like to try and reuse materials so one of the things i made was a tape dispenser um and i fabricated every piece of it um and i used uh, an old bandsaw blade for the cutter piece and I thought that was a really cool way of using up these like old like blades that I had no clue if what their history was or whether or not they're sharp. Like, you know, the difference between like sharp enough to, to, to cut wood and sharp enough to cut wood well is uh, is not that big. But you could tell it when you try and use it. And I went, I got 50 blades with my bandsaw. And I was like, I'm not going to use 50 blades. So I just cut one of them Wait. up. You when you bought your bandsaw, it came with five zero blades. Yes, five zero. More than five zero blades. How long does a blade last? Uh, well, like I don't know. Uh, other than when like you break you them, a crazy amount of blades. Right. So there was a whole bunch of different sizes, and and so there's a it's a wood and metal lathe. So all of a sudden you've got like a minimum of nine blades there because it's wood mm. and metal, right? And then on top of that, you have. The, basically it looked like this person from 1946 onward if the blade didn't break it went in this box because that's what it was I just kept pulling <laughs> out blades for days um, but I kind of look at it when I'm never going to use any of these I'm just going to buy new blades because I don't know if I can trust them so I've got 50 blades that are useless if anyone knows something better to use than the uh, inch and a half that I used on this tape dispenser um, the other project i've thought up is making like an aluminum foil box that would also mm. then i get to use up a whole like 12 inches of it uh but they're all 93 inches so it's gonna take a while uh but could you make another one if you're folding hacksaw things and use a blade for that hmm. maybe if like, they're sharp well i feel like when we went camping yeah. the the blade the blade that was on your bow saw it's for well for one it seemed to cut in both directions I guess yeah. that's the main yeah. thing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it definitely. So you can make you can make a push or a pull <laughs> bosal. Yeah, it might be an interesting project. Like a just Japan to see if you can do it. Yeah, Japanese Japanese bosal. 
<laughs> yeah. Uh, but anyways, to, the other thing is I, I included metal on this because I included uh, metal and epoxy in the... Uh, I put in a bunch of BBs into it, and you can watch the video and watch me destroy my table saw blade. <laughs> just to... Um, I remember that. Just to bring things kind of full circle. Um, so I guess the working with a lot of different materials, I've always found really interesting. Like when I was a little kid working out my desk in my bedroom, like taking apart pencil sharpeners to build it into something ridiculous that probably wouldn't work. One of the fun things about it was like using a bunch of different materials. That sort of like bricolage mindset. Like you take a bunch of pieces of trash and put it together to make something new. Mm. And I've always, I've always loved that. And I'm kind of realizing it now, as I'm saying it, how that's always been something that has been really interesting to me. And in the scenery shop that I've been working at, there's not really a lot of that. I mean, we're doing a lot. We're building up shapes from a combination of one by twos, two by, or not really two by fours, but like one by twos, one by threes, one by fours, lots of plywood, lots of MDF, um, different types of plywood, everything in painted. Um, And then depending on the project, they also might do, they have a metal shop as well. There might be some welding and other things, but when I look at the prop industry, hmm. like that is a craft that is entirely bricolage. Like look at Adam Savage's prop builds. Like you are taking the most random combination of items just to get that perfect look. Um, hmm. And I, I just, there's so much creativity you can do in trying to create something from materials, not just shapes. You know what I'm saying? Like you can, you can take wood and cut it into any number of objects and then paint it. But what you can also do is take found random objects and different materials and combine them together and get something really interesting. So have you ever watched the smugglers room? I, you know, I haven't, I I follow him. I followed him on Instagram for a while, but, um, yeah, Bob put out his, uh, his video with him. They finally did a collab together. And I, I've been wanting Um, to watch it all day, but I haven't gotten a chance yet. Yeah, so he he makes um what he calls greeblies, which is like the little knobs and all that sort of stuff on like a panel from Star Wars, for instance. And it's literally made up of like old camera parts, electrical stuff pulled apart, a um a bottle cap from a piece of um like from a juice bottle or a Coke bottle or something. Like it's insane. Like the the amount of random materials that go into making something so different looking. So I've watched this guy, uh, Refuse Reuse. Uh, he's Tom. Anyways, he's, uh, I think, in New York. Refuse. Re- refu- no, Refuse. Re- refuse. Refuse. Reuse. Refuse. 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 Reuse. Well, yeah. as in he refuses to throw it away. <laughs> yeah. I thought that at first, but then I've actually heard him say it. Uh, and it's definitely Refuse, like garbage. Reuse. Where's he from? Uh, New York uh, or New Jersey. One of the news. Um, anyways, he's from the States. (laughs) Anyway, he's from the States, uh, the United States of America. Have you heard of them? Okay. Anyways, um, that was my random accent. Uh, the, what he puts together from the stuff, um, uh, that he finds on, in the garbage is amazing. And it makes me not want to throw stuff out. But you only have so much room in your house, right? And I have like broken vacuum cleaners. I have a, like I have like fifteen wheels, like aluminum rims from different cars that I have no clue what I'm going to do with. But one day I might make something. But it's uh, it's that kind of thing that I just go, I, you know, I want to see, I want to put stuff like that together, but my mind doesn't always see it, and I want to like figure out a way so that my mind can see how to put more different materials together. Hmm. Yeah. I know exactly what you mean. I mean, it might take, as I watch smugglers room and I'm like, Oh, this would be so cool to do this, but I would not even know where to start. I mean, it might take just, uh, making yourself do a bricolage project being like, okay, I'm going to make something out of a bunch of random stuff. Like I want to make this random mm. thing and I'm going to only going to make it out of found objects. Well, that's what I was hoping for the um, the mystery maker collab that I'd get like a box full of parts. <laughs> but instead I got a single leather patch and I went, well, I guess I'll throw that with other stuff. But, you know, you, you, 
you wish you had Austin for your uh, partner, not me. <laughs> yeah, something. Well, you, if you'd seen what I'd sent, I'd sent uh, like three broken scroll saw blades, um, some hand like uh, hand picked like handmade nails, like hand forged nails, uh, a whole bunch of different types of wood, some copper, some. I put a whole bunch of stuff all together in a thing, and I sent it off. And I, uh, you know, I got back on the. Uh, I got back a really cool spoon that used up like 1% of the material I sent. <laughs> but it was a really cool spoon. So in other words, Molly sent you crap. <laughs> no, no. I, I sent I sent crap. Morley sent me a really cool pot patch. I sent a bunch of crap and I got back the nicest parts of the crap, which was the walnut and the yellow heart. Uh, all the rest of the garbage probably got thrown in the garbage. It was just perfect. <laughs> it's exactly where it needed to go. So we're coming up on an hour. I think it's time we should move on. But I did just want to quickly ask your opinion. So I'm about to use a new material I've never used before. I don't know if you guys have, but um, I need to use iron on melamine. And I don't know if there's anything I need. So I've done iron on... Uh, like edge bending before um, and the biggest thing that you is like when you think it's done I, I would go over at least one more time because I had one bit of the iron on edge bending pop off on me um, obviously it's fixable you just gotta put some extra glue um, yeah so that's the big thing is like like follow the directions basically and like apply <laughs> pressure mm-hmm do you iron straight? Oh, actually, the instructions probably tell me. But do you iron straight onto it, or do you need to have like a towel or something? Between? It depends on the material. So some yeah, some right. require a towel. Some say go right on it. Okay, I'll have a look. Cool. All right, um, I'm going to mix things up and go to the reviews oh. just to make it confusing. Yeah. So we did get a review this week from Jerry Jenks. Um, I can't remember where he said he left the review, but he also sent it to me through um, Instagram. So we were talking about this and we're thinking um, with reviews, if you do make a review and we don't read it out within, say, two weeks, just send me a message on Instagram and let me know that you left the review because we may have missed it. Um, And, yeah. So this week is from Jerry Jenks. He's from... South Australia. All right, so, so Molly's going to have fun with that accent. I looked up South Australia because I was thinking like, oh, this is going to be difficult. It's a specific region within Australia. But um, mm-hmm. Adam, maybe you can confirm this. From my research, it just sounds like a South Australian accent is like a slightly more British Australian accent. Yeah, a bit more British and a bit more posh. Okay, sounds good. So basically, to me, that's how you talk. <laughs> oh, is that All a right. good thing or a bad thing? Posh Spice know. was pretty good. I don't know. The Adelaide accents I heard I'm not, I'm not from South Australia, so no. All right, here goes. So from Jerry Jenks. Fun podcast that takes a similar vein to other maker podcasts, but with hosts from a mix of countries. As a fellow Aussie, I always find myself relating to Adam and his views on woodworking in Australia. It's fun to relate. Always good banter between the boys and an occasional guest. Keep up the good work, fellas. From Jerry Jenks, <laughs> South Aussie accent. Thanks, Jerry. That wasn't too bad. Yeah. Probably sounded so, almost identical to my first Australian accent. No, it didn't. Not yeah. at all. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. So we did mention it last week as well. Um, anyone who leaves a review up until the 31st of October is automatically and anyone that has already left one is automatically entered into a giveaway that we're doing to let's be blank let's blank let's be honest just trying to get more reviews <laughs> and get our name out there a lot more but so we're gonna have a, a giveaway review has to be in by the 31st of october and it will be a random out of a hat of who's gonna win so the prize this for this giveaway yeah prize for this giveaway is going to be made by grant and it's going to be a custom made clamp can you believe it we're gonna give away a clamp 
I can't. Yeah. Um, did you want to talk a little bit more on what the clamp's going to look like, Grant, or do you want it to be a full spot? It is going to look like a clamp. It may be a. Cool. Uh, I haven't. Des- I haven't designed the entire thing yet. It will definitely have Actually. the clamp logo on it. Ooh. And Ooh. that's about it. It's not going to be a spring clamp, uh, like a like a quick grip clip clamp. It might be a spring clamp. Sorry, but it won't be a quick grip clamp. <laughs> I can tell you that much because those are not easy to design. So very fitting to this week's topic. What materials are going to be? That is a good question. Probably something either metal or elastic combined with wood. Depends on how I design it, whether or not it'll have a spring or, or a screw or an elastic. I don't know. We'll see. I'm excited. Very nice. Yeah. All right. Next up, we're going to thank our Patreons for this week. Um, anyone who supports us on Patreon gets access to the pre-show. Most weeks we do a pre-show, but we always do an after show. And the F clamp level gets a shout out. And that is Leroy from Big Rock Timberworks. Um, we also have sending out today, maybe? Yeah. More? Well, it's te- currently 10, 12 p.m. in Toronto. So it's going to be. <laughs> oh, yeah, it is. <laughs> it's midday for me. Okay. Before okay, so say, say tomorrow's. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Before this podcast, okay. So already have been sent out for all Patreons that support us on any level. Also get a key tag and a sticker. Yeah. And stickers we just finally came got in today. stickers. Stickers just came in today. We've got key tags already made up. They'll be sent out before this show even comes out. So don't worry about that. And I think that's all. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. I feel like I'm missing something. Any well, other clamp business? But I'm not. Clamp foundation? No, I mean just for Patreon. I'm just talking about for Patreon. No, we're good. I feel like I'm missing something for Patreon, but I think that's everything. Okay. Yeah, so let's move on to this week's clamp foundations. Do you want to go first, Molly? Oh, yeah. So last night... Um, oh, am I muted? No, I'm not. No. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Eden and I... Professional. We finished The Boys, season one and two, so we needed a new show to watch. Me too. Ooh, All right, let's talk about that later. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. We needed a new show to watch. So we were looking through Netflix and someone recently had mentioned um, Snowpiercer, not the movie, not the 2013 movie, but the TV show that came out this year. So we watched um, the first two episodes last night and it was really good. Like I really liked it. So for anyone that doesn't know, um, the TV show Snowpiercer is a reboot of the movie that came out. Um, a number of years ago. Um, and the premise is there's an environmental catastrophe on earth, climate change, and then people try to fix climate change by freezing, uh, basically freezing the earth, cooling it down, but it turns the earth into like an ice ball. And all of the wealthiest people on the world survive by buying tickets onto this train that is like a thousand cars long and travels around the world endlessly. So it's a very interesting dystopian movie. And on the back of the train are all these people that kind of uh, stowed away. So it's all the kind of people that not the ultra rich. Um, I'm not going to say anything more than that. I think the premise alone is very interesting. And I think it executes very well on the premise. Uh, Jennifer Connelly stars in it. I can't remember the other members of the cast, but David Diggs, Mickey Sumner. Allison Wright, Ido Goldberg, and a whole bunch of other people. Yeah. Oh, the guy. Never heard of him. Uh, the guy, one guy from Breaking Bad, the guy who plays the grandfather in Breaking Bad, and also one of the characters from GTA Five. I recognized them when we were watching it. <laughs> <laughs> Grand Turismo um, Five. Do you GTA no Grand 5? Theft Auto? Yeah, Grand Theft Auto. Sorry, yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Um. It. Do you recommend people go watch the movie first, or just start on the TV series? I mean, I haven't seen the movie, but the TV series is a reboot, so you don't need to watch the movie before watching the show. Um, yeah. It's heavy, though. Like, it's really good. It's gripping, but uh, it's heavy. I had some some pretty sad dreams last night after it's, watching it. It's funny. I've seen yeah, right. it, uh, like, up on the recommendations on Netflix a whole bunch of times. It's on Netflix, right? 
Yeah, I think it originally yeah. aired on TNT, but now it's on Netflix. Okay, I I want to. It's like I love post-apocalyptic, like dystopian futures are my like favorite genre of anything. And I didn't like. I think Netflix has gotten really bad at making their trailers because, like, I don't know what it is, but I just watched their trailer and I went, I just don't want to watch this. But I, I've there's been a few of those that I but then like everyone's saying you should watch this, you should watch it, and I go and watch it, I go, that was amazing. How did the yeah. trailer not get me <laughs> enticed at all? And maybe it's because they're doing trailers the way I want them to, and it's not including every single good scene. Yeah. To ruin it. They're not ruining yeah. the, the thing in the trailer. Maybe that's why. I don't know. I mean, I think you'd like See, it, Grant. Can't it has, have what you want. <laughs> I think it has very good world building. Um yeah, check it out. Snowpiercer on Netflix. I'm going to cool. after the boys and after uh, I'm currently watching uh, Sons of Anarchy. So I love Sons of Anarchy. I've watched it so many times. Hmm. Uh, all right, I'll go next. Um, so they're never going to listen to this, but forgive me for not knowing their names. The two guys that work with John Malecki. But John Malecki recently put out a video making a front desk for one of his friends. And the guy that was actually doing the video um, came up with this really good trick where as if you have a crack in a tabletop, put glue across the top and then put a vacuum underneath to suck the glue through. And I don't can't believe I've never thought of that before because it's such a good trick. Mm. And I just, as soon as I saw it, I was like... What? That's so clever, like so smart, because it gets the glue all the way through. You can have a stronger bond. And that is my recommendation for this week is to use a vacuum to get the glue through. That is a Even though it's not my cool trick. Yeah. Hack attack. Hmm. <laughs> what about you, Grant? Well, I don't know. I'm sure by this is time this is aired, everyone has seen it. But uh, Simone Gertz... Uh, put out a dog photo booth with the cutest dog in the world, even though I'd like, I love my dog, but and I think <laughs> they're, even like, they're the same breed. So I don't understand how her dog is so much. Obviously like he's my dog's fat and overweight and, and uh, scraps is not, I think that plays a lot into why her dog is way cuter than my dog. Uh, but the dog, it's a dog photo booth and she got some great selfies uh, it's basically a little booth that the dog gets a treat for taking a selfie, and I and it was in partnership with Lego. So, other than the treat dispenser, it's all Lego, and even the yeah. treat dispenser she kind of like remade with some Lego. So I just think that was cool. really cool to see how much you can do with just Lego. Um, obviously, at the same time, understanding that she got the Lego for free. Like I'm, I'm sure it's, it's not a very it's not a cheap build. I could build it cheaper or plywood for sure, but uh, or MDF and or something. What a like just a fantastic idea considering mm-hmm. the world we live in, where like animal Instagram pages have hundreds of thousands of followers and a dog selfie booth. That's it's like genius. Uh, she is probably it, one of the most creative people that I follow. Mm-hmm. Th- yeah. Definitely. She also turned a um, Tesla into a truck. Yeah. Well, you. I've had the idea of turning cars into vehicle. trucks since I first saw an El Camino. And every single car I've ever owned, I said, hmm. how can I turn this into a truck? And I've never had enough money to make that thing happen. So you, you just bought a convertible, take the back seats out, take the boot off, and you're done. Yeah. That's exactly. <laughs> um, and you don't have a car anymore. So is... <laughs> I think I think that got suggested to me the dog photo booth and I skipped past it, not realizing it was Simone Gertz. But um, yeah, yeah, that sounds really cool. I um I went to build a little like jewelry cabinet, like one that sits on top of your um, dresser, out of Lego, and it was going to cost me like two hundred and fifty bucks in Lego. I was like, no, nah, yeah. it is not <laughs> worth it. <laughs> it's insane. Yeah. All right. Um, thank you to TF Turning also for the theme music that you hear before and after every show, which is amazing. And yeah, do you guys any have any other business? No, sir. And thank you for listening. That's oh. my other business. Yes. 
Ooh. We love you all. All right. Well, you can find me at Make Your Mackie everywhere. You can find Grant at The Grant Alexander everywhere and Morley Kurt at Morley Kurt everywhere. Yeah, yeah. Is that right? Yes. Yeah. That's right. Do I know where my friends' places are? <laughs> All right. All right. Goodbye. Talk to you next week. See ya. See ya. Was I picking my nose? Just a little yeah. Did I? <laughs> <laughs> you were totally picking his nose. <laughs> I was like, I'm like sitting here. Oh my here. god! Yeah. Did well, you get can't it? You can't see it. it. Yeah. He's picking his nose. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Uh, it looked like a Seinfeld. You went, well, you were scratching there. Yeah. I do it for the content. Yeah. It was like the Seinfeld. I wasn't. I was scratching. I was scratching. Yeah. I'm just gonna say nothing when I put that that picture up and see if anyone picks up on it. <laughs>